the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you today on this 4th of July weekend, Friday afternoon. It is so great to be with you today. I hope that you got some great plans for this weekend and for the 4th on Monday. Today's Open Line Friday. You can call me about anything that might be on your mind and join the conversation or even start the conversation. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. You can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. On Fridays, we, of course, talk about the things that are going on, but we also... We'll change the subject for you. So if you've got a question about the Bible, a question about something going on in the news, or just something you want to talk about, 888-528-2557 is that number you can call right now. And uh, we'd love to hear what is on your mind. There are many things, of course, that are on my mind, and I'm the host. So I'll keep talking until you're talking. That's how it goes around here uh, every day, but especially on Friday. So we'd love to hear from you. The number is 888-528-2557. I hope that you got some plans for the 4th. People have been remarking, remarking? Yes, remarking. News people have been remarking that this is the first time maybe in two years for a lot of you who might be going back to your old traditions. Maybe uh, you travel somewhere on a 4th of July weekend if you can get a pilot. Maybe that's your plan. Are you stranded at the airport? Maybe you're on your way. Are you on the freeway right now? Might as well join our conversation. Tell us what where you're going. What are your plans? I'd love to hear your your family's plans. If you got some that you're excited about, if you just want to share them with you, and it's it's the blessing of freedom that we have together. That we have the freedom to go places and do things. We're we're confined by the traffic or how much money we have or whether or not the pilot shows up. I guess there's a shortage of pilots. Where'd they go? Uh, somebody said, well, they didn't take the jab. Well, some of them got fired for that, I guess, but not, not not so many. That There's just hundreds of pilots or flights that are apparently not taken off because uh, you don't have a pilot. Uh, is that true? Is that your situation? I don't know. Anyway, are you going somewhere? I hope that you are. We haven't decided yet. We just moved, and uh, we have some things that we'll, we might do with uh, our neighborhood. There's a little gathering on Sunday. So I think we'll participate in that and get to know some people. And then on Monday, we uh, will make a decision. Maybe you've got a suggestion for me. Where in uh, L.A. area would you go? Or someplace drivable. We're not getting on a plane. Someplace drivable, 888-528-2557. Give me a call. Let me know. Someplace that you enjoy for 4th of July, a place that you would recommend to me or anybody who has yet to make a decision about what they are going to do for the 4th of July. I uh, I wonder if we are as excited about it as uh, we could be. I think people worry a lot about their freedom today, and I thought maybe we could even talk about ways to recover whatever we feel like we're losing. I think I've got an idea, and I've said before that our country is, if there is any country that can turn around in the history of the world, most countries, when they get to the place kind of where we're at, where we're, we've abandoned our principles, we've kind of abandoned 
uh, our morality or our our sense of who we are. We've abandoned our, our national conscience, which is a big thing for Americans. And maybe we haven't really talked about that as much. That's a big that's a big undercurrent of our problem is that we have abandoned what used to be known as the the national conscience, that we had a feeling that we were special, that we were here for a purpose. And part of that purpose was to not merely fight for our own rights, but to fight for the rights of our neighbor. And we've reversed that, where we seem to be more interested in our own rights, uh, even at the expense of our neighbors. Would you agree that that is maybe where we're at right now? Um, I think that might be true. When you study the history of our country and you study where we're coming from, with all of our our flaws, with all of our victories, with all of the things that we have done, the greatest moments of our country have come when we have fought for the rights of other people, whether it's just your neighbor across the street or whether it is all of Europe, whatever, whatever you have found yourself. Our greatest moments are when we have fought for that, when we have kept our, kept our goals clear that we are about freedom. And our biggest troubles is when we are more about ourselves, when we are more about uh, what it is that I can get out of things. Remember when John F. Kennedy, you, you probably don't remember, most of you may not have been alive. Some of you uh, were alive. I was not alive. Uh, but I've seen it on TV. John F. Kennedy famously said, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. If I could take a second and think where maybe what has changed in our country, I wonder if we have reversed that. Where are our politicians on the right and left, maybe in a different way, how much time are we spending wondering what our country can do for us rather than what we can do for our country? Have we lost that? I think we can get it back. The greatest thing about our country, if we've lost that, is that we have the ability to get that back. One of the reasons that we have that ability is because we are a nation of the people, by the people, for the people. That even though we're worried about our election integrity, we could fix it. There are lots of groups out there who are hoping to make it more clear, and there are studies out there that really help that. We can do that. I know there's a lot of controversy about Supreme Court decisions that have happened over the last few days, but a big part of those decisions is it's handing power back to the people, meaning that it is you you may not like one of those decisions or some of those decisions, but the change, if you don't like it, now you have the ability to vote for people. and uh, Or if you do like what they've decided, then you vote for people who will keep it the same. You can make those decisions. And the a difficulty in our country is when we sort of punt our responsibility. When we take the responsibility we have as voters or we take the responsibility we have just as citizens, and that responsibility that comes first to care for our fellow citizens, and we give that to somebody else. We decide that it is somebody else's job to care or it is somebody else's job to protect our country or somebody else's job or the court's job or the Congress's job or the president's job to do things that we could really do for each other. If we want to regain our sense of national conscience, then what we need to do is love one another. And I don't say that just sort of trite, you know, a trite way as, you know, the Christian guy on the radio. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 
Paul writes this, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. I mean, that's such a great verse for Fourth of July weekend. We are called to be free. Not just you were set free, not once you were enslaved in Egypt and you were let go. Not, not you know, uh, some of it's we're called to be free. It's who we are meant to be at the core of who we are as human beings, as people who follow Christ. But the next part of the verse is so critically important. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. See, that's something that's really important about about freedom, is that freedom comes with responsibilities. We don't use our freedom to indulge the flesh, meaning that we care all about ourself. Rather, we use our freedom to serve one another humbly in love. I'm telling you that if you want our country to go in the right direction, it begins right there. You can join our conversation. The number is 888-528-2557, Sherry, welcome to Southern California Live. Thank you. Hi, Sherry. Hi. I just wanted to make a, a brief uh, historical comment. You were yeah. talking about our willingness to, to help our neighbor and uh, be more willing to reach out in that way. I'm, I'm, I'm now, uh, I guess, <clears throat> pushing 80. And so the story I'm telling you is from, from my mother's mouth talking about uh, what it was like on, uh, let's see, December 7th, 1941. Mm. Uh, she was at a, at a, a baseball game, I believe it was, Dodger Stadium or whatever passed for that, uh, when there was the announcement of Pearl Harbor. And my mom's report to me was that all around her, uh, people were saying, men were saying, I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm, I'm staying here. You can't get me to go that. And I think that... that uh, our initial reaction is, is as human beings, uh, or specifically now as, as Americans, may not be, you know, the idealized, boy, I'm going to go and, 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 and support England or, or support the Europeans or, or whatever, it else, whatever else it was. But that we have to be, you know, our initial reaction is self-preservation and to uh, get to the point that we're willing to put blood on the line that you know really not just sacrifice money but but actually our lives you know take some urging takes some propaganda takes some settling down you know that our first reaction may not mm-hmm. be the idealized one yeah i think that that is it's our natural reaction right to uh, um worry about ourselves. but there is something that i think kicks in later like you said when we sort of calm down and what happened in 1941 is people i'm sure they responded that way it would have been ebbets field if it was a dodger game they were still brooklyn dodgers thank you thank you i i I knew that i wasn't speaking uh, (laughs) uh, historically correctly so there you you go it's very important to get your ballparks right in the right time frame absolutely absolutely i'm not i'm not an originally uh an east coast person so baseball never really Basketball, I'm crazy about, but, but baseball... Baseball's not your thing. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Earlier today, I mentioned going to a Laker game at the Forum, and I uh, just dated myself tremendously. Can you imagine, like, next year, I'm like, I get Lakers tickets, and I'm like, where is everybody? This used to be... No. And actually, I, basketball isn't as wonderful as it used to be. It's It's a lot more... Well, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on, you know, in sports. Yeah, yeah, I don't need to get into that. You know, that. One, of your, one of your points there, and uh, Sherry, I appreciate your call very much is that people do tend to step up. And that really is, I think, something great about our country. The truth is, is that over time, even in our greatest moments of fear and worry, 
we tend as a nation to step up when it's necessary. I think one of the fears maybe we have is that next time that's coming, let's say we end up in a war with Russia because of what's going on in Ukraine, or even now just what's going on internally, are we going to have, as a nation, are we going to step up? Are we going to have leaders who step up and unite us rather than continue to divide us? That's a big question that I'm asking. I'm looking for those people. Um, But I do think that it's something that human beings tend to do is they tend to step up. What is great about our country is that we have the ability still and the freedom still to step up and actually do something to right the course. In many countries where there is tyranny or there is just a a completely broken spirit, uh, there's no path to do that. In the United States, we have found that path um, time and time again. 888-528-2557 is the number. Fourth of July weekend. It's Open Line Friday. You can call about anything that is on your mind and uh, join the conversation. The number is 888-528-2557. We are talking about Fourth of July weekend, of course. And if you've got plans or ideas about our freedom, uh, go ahead and give a call about that. 888-528-2557. Let's go to uh, John. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, Scott. John, I got to tell you, I love your show, man. Everything you've done, I thought no one could ever follow Frank. You're doing it well, my friend. Well, nice job. Thank you very much. I'm having a good time. Absolutely. Well, hey, uh, you asked really about where all the airline pilots go. I happen to be an airline pilot based here in L.A. for a major airline. I won't say it is because I kind of like my job stuff. But anyways. <laughs> yeah, what's going on? Um, what's happening is, and I can't, and it's pretty much the same at every airline, um, the management who runs these places are addicted to cash. They love cash. They uh, spent the last few years before COVID, you know, ours and especially spent $13 billion in stock buybacks to beef up the price of that their stock options to be worth more. Well, in the process, they've forgotten about the people who are working on the front lines. And uh, I'm an Air Force veteran, and I, I've told them many times that had we run the, the military this way, we'd have no military. But anyways, they uh, when COVID came, they were worried about profits. And mm-hmm. so the first thing they did was, hey, you 2,000 senior people, uh, you can all just leave. And, and we'll keep doing it, but we're going to have you uh, leave early. It's like early and retirement. Then early retirement. Okay. And, uh, of course, these people aren't stupid. So they're like, hey, great, I'll do it. Well, then we... Uh, we, we had our union had talked to the company saying, hey, that's, that might be a mistake. Maybe we should keep sending people around. And no, 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 you don't know what you're talking about. Bingo. Here we are. The, the management of the airlines has said, oh, everybody's back flying. So we'll bring the schedules back to full. And the pilots and flight attendants mechanics are saying, hey, uh, we don't have that many people here anymore because you let them all go. Mm. And they said, no, it'll be fine. So now every pilot I know is working overtime to the extent of the law. And uh, management's blaming air traffic control and weather when, in fact, it's their own staffing problem. Yeah. So the pilots are working every day allowed by law and uh, right up to the edge. And uh, the management of these airlines have just said, well, we're still going to get profits and we're still going to put the schedule out there. And when people get stranded, we'll just buy them off and everything will be fine. But as you know now, it's not fine. It's right. worse than ever. Well, it's going to be so a crazy weekend. Yeah, crazy weekend. We're working every day a lot by law, and then when we come up to the limit, we have to go, oops, safety, can't work anymore. And that's what's happening. Well, that would be a bummer if you still had two hours to go on your flight. 
I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah that would be <laughs> not a, a little bit rough. Not exactly uh, like there's a rest stop you can just pull over, you know, and sleep. Yeah, right. yeah. We go in New York to L.A., we're just going to divert into Wichita so we can hang out. So, right. Because yeah. <laughs> everybody anyway, wants to hang out in Wichita. And, and exactly. Uh, profits are uh, valued over the employees. So All right, John. I appreciate your call and the explanation. Thank you very much, and thanks for being a listener of Southern California Live. Have a great weekend. I hope that you do get some some rest and that uh, at least if you get some overtime pay, you can put that to good use. <laughs> you bet. Have a great Independence Day, Scott. All right, you too, John. Thank you for calling. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live, open line Friday. Give us a call about anything that is on your mind. We're thinking about Fourth of July weekend, and of course travel is a big, big deal uh, on Fourth of July weekend. I don't think I've ever flown on Fourth of July weekend. I think maybe once or twice I spent some time in the Seattle area with my wife's family, but we probably were there longer uh, you know, so I wasn't really flying like right on the weekend. Um, I've flown on uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And I've learned that Christmas Eve is terrible to fly on Christmas Eve. Everybody's grumpy and everyone's just trying to get there on time, you know, and then it's just it's awful, I think, flying on Christmas Eve. But flying on Christmas Day is awesome. You're just already late. Kind of doesn't matter. And I was got a good uh, attitude. That's the way it seems to me, anyway, on those flights. 888-528-2557. Hey, we were talking about freedom and, you know, how do we get this back? And the idea of maybe we've lost the idea of of giving up for our, our neighbor. And the way to get it back, the way to change course in our country, which I believe we can do, the way to stir up maybe some leaders who will come forward who are people who can unite us even in the in the midst of our disagreements we have always disagreed on even a lot of the same subjects that are big deals today and yet we have had a time where we we got along a lot better and i think that the reason for that is we had a better national conscience there's a there's an american idea of a national conscience and it goes right back to the declaration of independence it goes right back to the idea that we are a nation that is under god where whatever you believe god to be most of the signers of the declaration were were christian but some were just deists all of them believed in god one way or the other but there was a sense something that was great about our country is that we had an idea that we are given rights by God, not by government. And, you know, maybe today that just doesn't sound so uh, interesting, but back then that was remarkable. That was a crazy notion. No one had thought about that before. The government's the one who gives you rights and you write a constitution. And what that constitution would do is it would tell you what you can and cannot do. And it put the government fully in charge. We live in a country actually today where we are founded on the idea that the people are in charge. And, you know, that is something that's important. When you go back to some of our presidents have given farewell addresses, right? And in those farewell addresses, something that is traditional whenever they're leaving office is they give a warning. Uh, President Reagan gave some warnings about this. And part of the warning was, hey, freedom is really just one generation away from extinction. You've got to pass it on. You've got to pass on to your kids the idea of freedom, the idea even of national conscience. The things that he worried about are very much the things that we're dealing with today. But he gave us a reminder about who's in charge of the government. This is what he said. We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We the people are the driver, the government is the car, and we decide where it should go and by what route and how fast. 
Almost all the world's constitutions are documents in which governments tell the people what their privileges are. Our constitution is a document in which we, the people, tell the government what it is allowed to do. We, the people, are free. See, I think that is a big thing for us to remember. And, you know, many people are kind of frustrated with uh, the Supremes this week and uh, giving back to the states the abortion issue or even gun issues or other things uh, and defining those certain ways. But it does put it back in our lap. All right. It does mean, in fact, you know, environmentally, we talked about this at more length yesterday, but environmentally, the EPA not having as much authority because they're usurping the, the role of Congress, the Supreme Court said. Well, in, in doing that, what's happening is that Congress is the one who needs to make the decision. And the reason that they make the decisions is because they're accountable to the people. And that's something that we should understand about freedom. If we're going to keep freedom, if we want to increase freedom, if we want to maintain freedom, in our, and this is true in our personal life, it's also true in our national life. It's true in uh, your workplace environment. If we want to have freedom and we want to maintain or increase that freedom or go back, we have to recognize that with the rights that we have as free people, they come with responsibilities. With rights come responsibilities. I know that sounds like it's out of a Spider-Man movie, but it's for real. You've got to have rights and responsibilities. And if you divorce the two, the individual right away from the individual responsibility, then the result is anarchy and chaos and destruction. Freedom without responsibility undermines that very freedom. Freedom can destroy freedom. If everybody is just demanding their rights with no consideration for others and without taking responsibility for the outcome of their free actions, everybody loses their freedom. That's how it works. The national conscience that we have had as a people is that we care about our neighbor. It's a biblical idea. It's the Judeo-Christian ethic, ultimately, that there is something higher that should guide who we are. There is something that we are truly about that is greater than just ourselves or even just our nation. And a return to that is what is going to heal our, our, our country and bring forward some better leaders. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. It's Open Phone Friday. We'll talk about anything that's on your mind. So you can call about anything at all. The number is 888-528-2557. And when we come back, I'll take your calls, and we'll keep talking about Fourth of July. What are your plans? What would you recommend people do in Southern California for Fourth of July if they haven't made plans? You can give me a call and talk about that or anything else that's on your mind. 888-528-2557. Scott Furrow, Southern California Live. I'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you today. Happy Fourth of July weekend, Independence Day weekend. Hope that you've got some plans with your family or friends. And uh, some of you probably have to work, I guess. But uh, maybe you get a break at some point during the weekend. Maybe you like it that you work. Maybe you're like our pilot friend who called and you get a little overtime. I remember I had a job one time where I got time and a half, you know, which seemed like a big deal at the time if you worked on a holiday. Lots of people would volunteer for that sometimes if you needed the money. But hopefully you get a break. I think it's important and uh, to spend that time with your family and friends. And it's important to think about why we get the holiday, that we have freedom. And as much as we have trouble, as much as we have things that need to get better, we have ideals to shoot for. 
And that's another part of the conversation, I think, as we think about where we're at as a country, where we need to go, is we are are blessed with founding documents that uh, we haven't always kept, but they do point us in the, the right direction. And part of that is what today or this weekend is about. It's Open Line Friday. You can talk about anything you'd like, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Chris from Westminster, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Chris. Hey, Scott. How you doing, man? Uh, I usually call after 4 because that's when I get off work. But today I did uh, get a little bit off early today. so I'm Oh, good for you. Now. Yeah, hey, I, I emailed you, but maybe I have the wrong email. And uh, sort of picking back on what you were saying before the end of this or last segment about how we have freedoms and responsibilities, my question, I don't know if it's a question, but uh, maybe a comment as well, and I'd love to hear your feedback. Um, my question is, is like with, with abortion and all that that entails, I kind of have this idea, and I know it's strange, and I know it's probably far out there. I, I'm pretty sure it's never going to catch here in the, in America or even in the world. But um, if we had this standard of, you know, sex outside of marriage, what if that became a crime and where maybe that would help reduce abortions, uh, maybe divorces, maybe STDs and all that stuff? I know it's far-fetched, but I'd love to hear your feedback. What if we raise the bar on intimacy or sexual relations to where – yeah, it was just only in marriage as God intended it. Uh, what if it were a crime? And uh, love to hear your feedback on it. All right. So you're asking, yeah, what if we uh, just made sex outside of marriage a crime altogether? Okay. Yeah, I know it's far-fetched, but, you know, something to think about. Well, I think everybody would be in jail is uh, probably what would happen, <laughs> you know, ultimately. <laughs> thank you, Chris. I'll answer your call, and uh, thank you for, for calling right, with that. You know, I think, uh, yeah, you were not going to, you know, first of all, we are a country that is founded on Judeo-Christian ethics. You know, we have to be careful about when people say it's a Christian country. It's not and never was a Christian country from the standpoint of a religion and people have to be in this religion. It definitely is a country, though, where the founders believed and many people have believed that you're going to be a better leader if you have a Judeo-Christian ethic. Um, and most of the uh, founders were Christian or they were deists who at least would lean toward a Judeo-Christian ethic. You'll find in old state constitutions, I think, are still there in some of the original uh, 13 states, you know, statements in their constitutions that say elected officials need to be Christians. You know, and there's there's there was always a battle about that going on. But we we cannot prescribe, you know, a, a moral stance on some things that people are going to, I think, on this one, like hardly disagree with. What you can do, I think, though, is make people responsible for their the the consequences of their actions. So, for example, with abortion, one of the things people are saying is that, well, if we make abortion illegal, then maybe what we need to do is make sure that the the fathers are responsible. And I would say to that, yes, that. You know, technically fathers are, but you can't prove it, right? You can. I mean, with science today, you, you're getting to the point where you can actually prove paternity even with the unborn child. I think you can do that now. Uh, and it used to be if you just said, oh, I didn't do it, you know, you'd have to go on Maury Povich. And by then, you know, it's kind of late. And uh, he's quitting now, so what's going to replace that? Well, you know, I think that there is, when we're talking about freedom and behavior, and this is even true, you know, scripturally, there and just in the way things work, there's a, there is a... 
accountability to our actions toward everything. There's an idea out there that says, hey, if I'm just doing drugs or if I'm doing some behavior and it only affects me, then I should be able to do it, right? It doesn't affect anybody else. The problem is, is that with drugs or alcoholism or lots of things that people do, including sex outside of marriage, including different things, there's enormous social cost to the healthcare system, to then therefore taxation, to everybody's uh, healthcare bill, your insurance bill. I mean, part of why our insurance is so high is because people are doing all kinds of things to themselves uh, that they otherwise shouldn't do. There's consequences to our actions for smoking for you know a million different things. And we say, I'm not hurting anybody. Well, you are. You're, we, we, we do not live in an independent bubble in our freedom. All right. Everything we do has some impact on the society. And that includes, you know, sexual relations and things. So, you know, in a perfect world, there would be only wanted pregnancies in the context of a family, mom and dad. And there's, there you go. We do, I think, have the ability to say, hey, if you're going to bring a child into this world, if you're going to do the thing that makes a child come into the world, and even if you took some precautions and one got past the goalie, you're responsible for that child. You know, you need to be a part of that. And I think a big part of this for for men is men have been able to skate on a lot of this, and the women bear the burdens for obviously carrying the child and bearing the child and often the entire burden of the child financially and uh, every other way. And at the same time, she has to, if she's single, she's got to go get a career. She's got to pay the bills. She's got to do all this. While men have the ability to sometimes just escape all responsibility and maybe they write a check. That's wrong. That's the wrong thing. We have this weird mindset, you know, in, in our state and some states that have no fault divorce, for example, where you just split everything 50 50 what ultimately happens is the man gets a better deal in that because he can he can avoid the responsibility of caring for the child or just he has the child just on weekends or whatever his custody agreement is. Mom usually care, keeps the child. Mom usually raises the child. Mom has to go get a job then. She has to go back and get her education. She has to do all of this other stuff. And the no-fault divorce sure does land a lot on the women, doesn't it, uh, in this? There is... In all of these moral issues, part of the problem, and then biblically speaking, if you get into what freedom is, we're called to be free. But Galatians 5, do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, which is what you're talking about, Chris. Serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And if you divide, if you, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. And that's a big statement right there about freedom and about how, you know, kind of where we're at right now, right, is that we want to blame the other person, the other side. We want to blame the court. We want to blame the Democrats. We want to blame the Republicans. We want to blame, you know, the Dodgers. We want to blame whoever it is. We all have to have responsibility. That's part of the national conscience. The national conscience is I'm bringing a baby into this world. And even as a man, I'm a part of that equation. I'm going to be responsible financially. I'm going to be responsible with my presence, and I'm going to work hard to do this, right? So there are – I don't think you can start to make everything that people do that might be immoral, especially in a biblical sense, illegal. But you can encourage people to take responsibility for their actions. Does that make sense to you, Chris? I hope it does. I think that's something that maybe in all of this stuff we'll get back to saying is that, hey, our behaviors matter, and we have to be responsible for our actions, 
And that's that's a way that we get back, I think, to the the freedom. I think in the beginning I, I mentioned that JFK, John F. Kennedy's famous quote, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country, that maybe we've reversed that. Where today we say, ask what your country can do for you, and that's what people campaign on, um, and don't ask what I can do for my country. That's the That's the problem, I think, in a lot of ways, is we want to avoid the responsibility we have for maintaining freedom, not just as a nation, but maintaining the freedom we have in our life, the freedom to do whatever we're going to do. And, and when you have a baby come along that you weren't expecting, uh, that changes the course of your life. It just does. And um, there should be some responsibility for the decisions that we make that lead us there or lead us anywhere. I mean, if you're, if you're a smoker, um, you go to the doctor's office and especially if you get a new doctor, what do they ask you? The very first question they ask you about your health is, do you smoke? And if the answer is yes, you're going to get a whole bunch of questions on one side and a whole different insurance on on one side than if the answer is no. And it doesn't mean that you don't have the freedom to smoke cigarettes or smoke cigars. You do have that freedom, but there is a consequence that goes with it. That's just, that's life. We cannot avoid that. And if we as a people are trying to avoid consequences, which is what I think is what we're trying to do, uh, we're just going to hurt because that's not the reality of the universe. It doesn't work that way. The entire law is fulfilled in keeping one command, love your neighbor as yourself. It is, our freedom is about caring for other people above ourselves. 888 If you want to join the conversation, Open Line Friday, we'll talk about whatever it is you want to talk about if you want to change the subject. 888 We are talking about freedom and uh, Fourth of July weekend. What's your plans? What are your thoughts about freedom? Go ahead and uh, give us a call here. And uh, let's go to Tracy in San Fernando Valley. Tracy, welcome to Southern California Live. Good afternoon, Scott. Hi, Tracy. Um, I'm glad you talk about freedom and how we have a judicial system that is supposed to be a referee to make sure everything runs accordingly. Um, When you have a system that does not work out to um, be a neutral referee, and hurts not only the one side of the equation, but also the minor children, like you were stating. Um, what 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 avenue is the freedom then for uh, 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 individuals when you you hire or the government gives these people the authority to make or break a situation, and they are not upholding their what they took the oath to do. Mm. Yeah, I appreciate that, and Tracy. And I've talked to you before. And, and I'm sorry? I've talked to you before. You prayed for me and my children. Oh, hi, Tracy. How and are you? Dog. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember your situation now. All right, Tracy. Thank you for uh, your call. And, uh, you know, I think yeah. uh, you're going to have a system that is, uh, and I'll, I'll uh, thank you for your call, Tracy, um, that sometimes is going to be unjust. And the thing is, is that, our system, for however you put it, any system, however you put it down, is still going to be staffed by human beings. And it's going to be staffed by by sinful human beings and some who are sinful because they're just not wise enough or they're lazy or they're not studying enough and they make decisions that are wrong. Sometimes a justice system makes bad decisions because the judge the judges are following laws and they don't really have a choice. You know, that's one of the issues in some of the sentencing laws that are out there, right? It's like, well, some justice judge, uh, judges don't have the, they might have the the sense that a 
a lesser or even greater sentence should be given, but they don't have the authority to do that, and they might say it's unjust. And sometimes you have people who are just evil. You have people who maybe they are uh, have racial bias in there, and that's what they do, or some kind of experiential bias, or they've got a financial uh, you know, benefit to certain things happen. There's evil that's in the system. I think that when we get down into the freedom of things, and especially if something happens to us that's unjust, if something that is just wrong happens, and it does, this is where we recognize our freedom is in Christ, where we're called to be free in Christ, and we have to do what we can to correct the system, to vote for people who are going to do that, to pray for our country, to, to participate, to show up at city council meetings, to show up in the system. But at the end of the day, you might find yourself anywhere in the world in a system or a situation where justice did not occur, where justice doesn't happen and you're, you're the victim of it. You have to trust God. One of the reasons Jesus had to die, one of the reasons it's such a violent thing is because injustice is violent. It's horrible. And um, you have to trust the Lord that when Jesus comes back or when you leave this earth at God's calling and you meet Jesus, everything will be made right. You will be restored. And at the end of time, when you read through the end of the Bible, Jesus comes back and makes everything right. And ultimately, justice is served then. No government, no system is going to be ultimately totally successful. Our system is, you know, I would say the best in the world, but we've got very significant flaws that have happened. And yet we have ideals that we can point toward. And one of the reasons that we have freedom and ideals and what makes our country so special is that we created a country with a national conscience under God. We created a country where we had our founding documents saying that the government doesn't give rights, God does. And we're going to do our best to create a system that does not empower the unjust as much as possible. And I would say that in most places where we find injustice in our our government, it's because we're not actually following the spirit or even sometimes the letter of how we were founded. I got to take a break and then I'll come back for your calls. It's Open Line Friday, 888-528-2557. Talking about freedom for the July weekend, Independence Day, 888-528-2557. I'll be right back. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you today. Hopefully you're having a 4th of July weekend uh, get started a little bit early. Some of you have. Maybe you're sitting on the freeway right now and uh, wondering what to do because it's going to be a longer day than you thought. Give us a call, 888-528-2557. Tell us where you're going, what your plans are for the weekend. Maybe you've got a recommendation. Uh, give us a, Let us know. I've got... Uh, a a new place to live, wondering what I'm going to do. We'll have to see. 888-528-2557 is the number. Uh, Let's go to the phones. Francisco in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Uh, Scott, uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Hi, Francisco. How are you today? Uh, Good. Um, I mean, probably it's not part of the theme today of the program, but you know, I've been like waiting for a week uh, just to let people know. I know that people listen to you in a bunch of the states of uh, this country. So I got conned like three weeks ago. You got you got conned? No, it's conned. Like uh, people uh, like lying to me over some cryptocurrency. Yeah. Okay. And they got a bunch of money out of me and me. I mean, mm, I I'm sorry that happened. Know. Yeah. Sometimes we as Christians we believe in other people like. 
try to be nice with it and everything. Mm. But it's just for people to know, whoever's listening to this program right now, that to be careful, you know, with those phone calls or test messages that they receive from uh, strange numbers. Yeah. Because this is how it happened to me. Is that what happened to you? So you got a you got a phone call and you answered it, and they uh, sold you on some. Uh, uh, actually, a test message. I, I thought it was one of my nephews. Oh. And I started answering, and after all of that, we kind of got into some kind of friendship with this person. Yeah. And little by little, I started getting, getting a hookup into that. So uh, that's how it is. I, I talked to some of my family in Chicago and Boston. And they've been getting some of those uh, messages, but they were smarter than me. They didn't answer them, and they were just me for now. But I, I'm pretty sure there's more people around the country that is getting this type of uh, messages or, or invitations to cryptocurrency for them to be very careful because these people don't have any conscience of, yeah. you yeah. know, stealing your money out of you. Well, Francisco, I'm sorry that that happened to you. Are you okay? No, yeah, I'm okay. I'm just, you know sharing this because I listen to your program almost every day since I know the registration. Yeah. But I was like, man, we, we got to do something because uh, I, uh, the, the first company that received my money to wire it to these people, they don't really do much about it. And then they sent me to the FBI. Yeah. And also the FBI take, is taking a while. I haven't received any phone calls or anything from them. Yeah. But uh, I guess it will help some other people around, you know, like for them to be careful what, what they're doing. Yep, you have to report it. There's an awful lot of that going on. Well, I'm sorry that that happened to you, but thank you for calling us and uh, and warning us about it. You know, um, appreciate that very much. There are so many scams out there. I'll tell you what, in my pastoral ministry, I have dealt with that in so many ways. I've had people at church just robbed or something called the uh, the grandma scam, or what it is is uh, somebody will call you, and uh, they usually will look for, for names that sound like older people, okay? I mean, you just have to admit there are names, right, that uh, if you go to an old folks' home, there's, you know, uh, Minerva and Bert and those kinds of names. Well, they look for those names, they call you, and when you answer the phone, they go, Grandma, and you say, Andy, and now you've just told them what their name is, and they go, yeah, 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 and then they give some story about how they went to Mexico and they got arrested and they're too embarrassed to call mom and would you bail them out, and they give you a a place to wire the money and you feel bad and you want to help his grandma or grandpa, and then you send them a bunch of money, and it's completely fake. Um, There are scams where where, uh, people on the dating websites, they'll find people who are, you got to be really careful, and they will just abuse you on there, and usually it's a, you can tell except that if you're in love, right, you're in love. And, man, I was dealing with this guy across the country who thought he was marrying this girl who's 40 years younger than he was, and she just robbed him. And, uh, yeah, we went to the FBI and all of this. But, uh, you know, it's uh, the the FBI actually, I did contact them, and they told me the person was outside of the country. And so what they were doing was they were saying, can you send me some money, and here's how I'd like you to send the money. And uh, I don't even want to tell you how they do it, but there's a way to do it where you realize – you know, this, this is how they're doing it. And they're outside of the country. That's why nothing can be done, but they pretend that they're in this country. All that is to say is don't send people. You don't know a bunch of money and uh, don't, you know, somebody calls you or you, you've built a relationship with somebody online and they're asking you to do something weird. Don't do that. Uh, Make them, you know, come to get to know you or something. Uh, Or just don't make those relationships online. Go find somebody who lives on your street where you know where they are. All right, Southern California Live. Scott Furrow is uh, the host. That's me. 888-528-2557 is the number. Jay in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. 
Hi. Hi, Jay. Jay. How you doing, Jay? Hi, how you doing? Happy I'm Fourth. Great, great. Happy Fourth. I was listening to your program earlier this week and you were talking about how uh, you and your wife were moving to uh, Los Angeles from San Diego and how did you know the difference between if God's calling you here and there? Yeah. And uh, I was telling uh, the lady on the other, um, when I called the station, I said, well, what about this? You know, you can look at it this way, how everything in your life may be drying up and God is just moving you out of your comfort zone so that he can launch you out. (laughs) I'm kind of experiencing that right now. So that was just looking at the glass half empty instead of half full. Yeah. (laughs) So so I just wanted to... um, just speak, um, just talk to you about that, or just see what you would, you know, would say about that. I'm still praying. Um, I know that um, I, uh, I've been born and raised here all of my life, but I also know that he's doing something. I didn't think I was going to leave. Uh, I thought I was going to leave like way thirty years, thirty years ago, but now I'm just sensing something different. And it's amazing. So um, I'm still in the, you know, still praying about it and all, and fasting and all. But I just thought I would just call in and and, and speak to you about that because when I heard you on the radio earlier this week, I said, "Wow, mm. I'm still dealing with this thing," you know. So you're going through and, that right uh, now, or do you feel like you are getting an answer right now? I'm going. I'm just in prayer about it right now. Um, I've been praying, oh, Lord, I would like to see this person if I am going to leave, and then this person shows up, you know, just little things like that. And and I just see that certain doors are closing and uh, situations, and I'm like, wow, I'm really learning how to just trust him. But I I don't have a goal yet. I don't, you know, I'm not going to go ahead of him or lag behind. But I I just sense a deep transition. Sure. Well, here's here's what I would here's what I would tell you, Jay, to uh, to keep in mind here. Okay, and this is something that I learned. This was very powerful for me. It's that if God is calling you to do something else, then He is not just going to call you away from one thing. He's going to call you to something else. So if if you if you have a and it's specific, right? So if you have a sense that God wants you to do something different, you got to really try to figure out if if that sense you have is that. Uh, God really is pulling you out, or is that sense I'm just afraid to do what God wants me to do if I stay here? You know what I mean? There's a there's a big right. there's a big difference. That's why the God calling you to something else specifically really really matters. Right. Uh, Jay, I gotta go. I got a heartbreak coming up here in uh, just okay. a minute. So thank you for calling. I just and th- wanted to tell you that. Oh, thank you, and thank you for listening. Yeah. And I hope and I'll pray for you that uh, you're able to make that decision and that God opens up the doors. Thank you for calling up. Thank you, uh, Jay, very much. And uh, you know that the. The best thing that happens is when doors shut or doors open, and it's even better when, like, all the doors except for one uh, shut. Then you know exactly what God wants you to do because you don't have a choice. But even when that happens, God's going to give you a shove to go through it, or he's not going to shove you through it. you got to take the steps. All right, we're going to take a break. I see some of you on hold, so just hang on through the break. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, 888-528-2557. We'll be back in just a moment. Don't go away. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.